everybody welcome to the 10 after 7 podcast you are watching on youtube or listening on itunes however you're doing it thank you for listening but you know what guys here's the thing i'm trying to clean it up around here we're making progress behind me now i got some bobbleheads let me introduce you to babe ruth you heard of him legend uh got a signed baseball by tommy tommy lasorda uh it says to cody a future dodger that worked out huh Got the Pelican. Listen, when I find a hammer, you gotta believe the Texas Stats going next to USC. Greatest college football game ever played. What else we got? Uh, the shirt today. You're looking at the shirt. Here's the thing. I'm a mediocre hockey fan. But Carolina Hurricanes, they hold a special place in my heart now. And what other sport... And you get an emergency goalie. An emergency goalie. Hockey gave it to us. David Ayers. In his 40s. Zamboni driver. Vancouver Canucks facility. Lifelong Canucks fan. Earlier this year, Carolina's two first goalies go down. We're in the second period. Carolina is fighting for a playoff spot. Vancouver, not so much. Who's called the duty to step in and try to get him a playoff spot? David Ayers. Number 90. Sweet looking shirt too. Bought two of them. Half of those proceeds go to the National Kidney Foundation. Turns out a couple years prior, earlier in his life, mom donated a kidney to him. Holds a special place in my heart right there. So I'll be rocking this whenever. I mean, the cane's across like that diagonal. Beautiful looking thing. So, how was your guys' weekend? Mine? Great. Great weekend. For the first time, it felt like there was some normalcy in my life. Sunday. There were two networks on opposite sides of the spectrum. You had ESPN. God bless them for putting out the Michael Jordan documentary. This Sunday... We're less than a week from seeing part one of that 10-part series. But you know what? Did they get lazy? Did ESPN get lazy by replaying a spelling bee from 1997 on Sunday? Please, who's watching that? Let's, let's go over. Who's watching the 1997 spelling bee? Obviously the winner, for the first time, he doesn't have to pull that shit up on YouTube. And hopefully he's quarantined with a chick that's still trying to get to know him. And that's a big flex. Throwing on the ESPN and saying, hey, look who's on the screen. And it's your spelling bee from 23 years earlier. That's a move. I'm happy for that guy. That guy's parents are probably watching. At least the last couple of rounds. I don't know how long those things last. I'm, I can't say I've watched five minutes of my entire life on the spelling bee. So that was ESPN on Sunday. But you know who did it right? CBS crushed it. You remember last year. You know where you were. Even if you're an average golf fan, which I'd probably consider myself. I only watched the majors. And last year, you knew damn well you had to be sitting on your butt on a Sunday when Tiger Woods is in contention to finally get that major 
that everyone's been talking about. Will he ever get back? Will Tiger ever return to glory? Last time I got teary-eyed watching a sporting event. Absolutely. So this Sunday, CBS has Jim Nance and Tiger Woods talking us through last year's Masters. Bringing them in and out interviews. He bogeys holes four and five. Tiger comes in. And I learned more about golf in those three minutes than I've learned in my entire life. Think about what a golfer, what's going through that golfer's head in a major tournament. Any tournament, actually. He knows he just bogeyed four and five. He's talking to Jim Nance about what he has to do on six. He's thinking ahead to the front nine, what score he could possibly get, the worst score he could get to even be in contention when he hits the back nine. He said, you know what? I knew I couldn't be more than four strokes behind Molinari. It's rare when Molinari messes up. He was playing well. Uh, There's the cuts. There's the phase. I know nothing about that. Golf terms go right over my head. The coolest part, though, on 18, Jim Nance brings him in as he wins the thing. And he goes over what he remembers from that day. First, he says, when I threw my arms up and started screaming, that's a blackout moment for me. I don't remember it. Until I just saw it now, I do not remember screaming and throwing out my arms. Which you can believe that. It was a wild, wild scene on 18 at Augusta. And then he says he does remember going over to Molinari, Tony Finau, shaking their hands, congratulating them. And then he goes to his caddy, the coolest part. His caddy, Joey. Macava, I think you yeah, pronounce it, not sure. He was also the caddy for Frey Couples in 1992 when he won the Masters. But he gives Joey a huge hug, pushes him, says, we did it. We did it. Joey pushes him back. You can see how fired up Tiger is in that moment. And he says, that moment meant so much to me. Because I can't tell you the number of times I told Joey to walk away. Go caddy for another younger golfer. Do it. I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm not sure I'm ever going to golf again. He says he remembers Joey driving him to his daughter's soccer practice because he couldn't drive. His back was so bad. This guy hit the rock bottom. You even remember the day when the news came out about his accident on Thanksgiving. And then all those stories started to pour out. When he got a DUI, couldn't even speak because he was on pain medication. The comeback story of Tiger Woods is one of the best stories, if not the best story, that we've gotten to witness in sports. And then when he walks up, Jim Nance asks him, what does that mean to you? We have your kid there, Charlie, waiting for you. Charlie jumps in his arms, and I didn't think I'd get the same feelings as I had last year. But I don't know how you don't get goosebumps. Charlie jumps into his arms, and he just talks about how hard he squeezed him. The hardest he's ever squeezed him. Then he hugs his daughter. Then he talks about his mom. Because the shot last year was him hugging his dad years earlier when he won the Masters. And we know how tough that was on him when he lost his dad. But he goes to his mom and he says, my mom, you know, people, people talk about my dad and our hug that we shared. He goes, my mom was at that tournament. And for her to be there 22, 22 years later with my children to witness it, I couldn't ask for anything better. And they show that walk. He's still walking up. He has buddies, and his buddies are screaming. One buddy hugs him and just screams out. Can you imagine one of your friends winning the Masters? Think about how fired up you'd be. 
All the stuff comes with Tiger. But think about just you in that moment. Think about if your friend was on Sunday at the Masters, knocks in the winning putt. How nuts would you go? And then all the rest of the golfers, Dustin Johnson, Bubba Watson, meeting them at the doors. He's shaking their hands. These guys looked up to him for years. And he said how special that was because they saw him at his worst. They saw him when he didn't know if he could golf anymore. And to have CBS have Jim Nance and Tiger walking us through what happened last year, terrific. I think a lot of other networks need to follow suit. I know ABC was playing in the NBA Finals, Game 7, when LeBron James took out the Golden State Warriors. Fox was playing in the Super Bowl when the Patriots were looking to go undefeated against the Giants. Why couldn't you have Tom Brady do the same exact thing? Or Eli Manning? Because yes, Eli Manning connected with David Tyree and then Plaxico Burrs, and the Patriots lost. And if you were rooting for the Patriots at that time, I don't want to be your friend. But that's what sports needs to do right now. That's the coolest thing. Have one of these guys from those classic games go on with a broadcaster. Could be from a remote location, just how it was. And just talk us through it. You'll learn so much that you didn't even think existed. What was going through Eli Manning's head when he lobbed that ball up in the air and David Tyree somehow caught it on the back of his helmet? So CBS wins the weekend. And normalcy for me, it was normalcy because I watched the front nine. Took a nap. Woke up when Tiger was on 15. And I had the Masters nap down. Falling asleep during the Masters is a tradition unlike any other. And I was able to do that yesterday. I was so tired, I didn't think I'd get up. But when I woke up when he was on 15, I was like, man, I'm a legend. I pulled that off. I am the Michael Jordan of naps when it comes to sports. I'll fall asleep in a third inning game, wake up in the ninth, and catch a walk-off homer. I just do it. That's talent, folks. That's stepping up to the plate when your name is called. So that was my weekend. Hope you guys had a wonderful one. Had a little bit of normalcy. Next weekend, we got the Jordan Doc. That's what we could look forward to. Other things, the NBA. Listen, I said if there's any sport and commissioner that we need to follow to see when this quarantine ends and when sports come back, it's Adam Silver in the NBA. So they said they're not going to talk about anything until May. Well, there is a program in place that they're talking about if it is green-lighted by medical officials. So it's a 25-day program before they resume play, getting back to games. That would start with an 11-day stretch of individual workouts so the players can maintain social distancing while ramping up activity and training. 11 days. Then if permitted by medical officials, it would allow them to do a two-week training camp with the entire teams together. 25-day program. And if you're listening to what these players are saying during this quarantine, a lot of these NBA players don't have basketball courts, which is probably the most mind-blowing thing that I've heard. I heard Kevin Durant, who, yeah, he's rehabbing an injury, but he's saying he hasn't picked up a basketball and he can't even remember. 
Gordon Hayward said he doesn't have access to a basketball court. I mean, these guys do have training facilities that they could go to and from anytime they want during regular circumstances. But you would think, right, that an NBA player has a basketball court somewhere in their house, outside their house. We know all the parks are shut down, so really they can't do that. But it's crazy to think these guys haven't picked up a basketball. And that sport is one that will hurt if they just put guys back on the court and they haven't been practicing. So the NBA is at least thinking. They're not putting anything out there for sure. This is just an idea that they have, which is good. And I think Adam Silver is the smartest commissioner possible. Uh, what else we got? Some tough ones today. Tavares Jackson, former quarterback, Seattle Seahawks, Minnesota Vikings, passed away in a car crash last night, 36 years old. The cool fact about him, when he was on the Seattle Seahawks, backing up Russell Wilson, he was the captain of that football team. When they beat the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl, he was the captain as a backup quarterback. You want to talk about respect? That right there tells you the type of man Tavares Jackson was. And you had people like Brett Favre coming out, who was the starter in Minnesota when he was backing him up. Uh, that's a tough loss. And then one that really got me, I was bummed out, was Carl Anthony Towns' mom passed away due to complications of the coronavirus. And if you didn't see it a month ago, he came out with the five to 10 minute video talking about how this coronavirus has affected him and his parents. He mentioned that he, his mom had it. She was doing well. And the next day, Doctors contacted him and said it took a turn for the worst. And then the news today that she passed away, heartbreaking. It's a serious matter, and I don't like talking about it. I don't like hearing about it. And seeing that just bummed me out. But I'm just trying to stay positive, talk about the sports that we do have. Uh, what else we got behind me? I got some of the coolest beer cans that you're ever going to see. This one, L. Smith Brewing called the Pell L 394. If you didn't know, Tony Gwynn almost hit 400. If the strike didn't happen, would have hit 400. But that was his batting average right there. Greatest hitter to ever live. I uh, got another one. I got Justin Turner, man. That's uh, Los Angeles L Works paying homage to him. The red beard. Phenomenal. But this is my favorite. Opening day a couple years ago, me and my brother got these. And this is also, who is this? Arrow Lodge Brewing, the Kershaw. One of the coolest cans you're ever going to see. Of course, paying homage to my favorite player of all time, Clayton Kershaw. So, I want to thank you for listening to the 10 After 7 podcast once again. We will be back twice a week. Hopefully get this little studio we're trying to work on a little bit better for you. Uh, shout out to the pelican. Greatest bird on planet Earth. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at 10 after 7 or on our Instagram at 10 underscore after underscore 7. Thanks again for listening. Woo! Go Dodgers.